Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking to Ben Lowe, National Forage Product Manager with Agri. Today, we're going to look into hybrid rye and the reasons as to why we should give this crop some very serious consideration, both as a feed and growing as a viable, profitable crop. So, uh, good morning to you, Ben. Good morning, Tony. Good to be with you again. It certainly is. Uh, it's great to see you back uh, here, Ben, and uh, to hear more about how we can help uh, livestock farmers and, of course, uh, other farmers as well. So today we're going to talk about hybrid rye. So I mean, could you share with us a little bit of a background as to this crop and, uh, you know, where it's used in the UK? Yeah, for sure. So um, predominantly the, the main um, association with hybrid rye within the UK, Tony, I would say would be around the uh, AD, anaerobic digestion market. Um, it's a very popular crop or has been over the last um, 15 to 20 years uh, for AD um, for producing large volumes of, of whole crop to balance the, the, the rations uh, going into to AD. Um, but over the last few years, we have seen these developments um, with regards to growing rye and the other options for hybrid rye within the UK. Um, in particular for uh, grain production uh, for the likes of uh, livestock feed. Yeah, because it's, it's a really significant crop um, across Europe, isn't it? Massively, massively. Um, you know, the, the crop itself, you know, is, is thousands of years old. Um, Eastern Europeans have, have harnessed the, the benefits of rye within their, uh, especially their bread flowers. Um, so, you know, we know rye, rye bread is very popular uh, across the continent. Um, but those extra developments that we, we see the benefits from uh, bread for human consumption, the, those same attributes are, are akin to um, the benefits that we, we see within livestock um, when fed to them from a grain point of view. Yeah, no, I have to say I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of, of rye breads, etc. I, I love it. I think it's great. So, so how come, uh, you know, it's not so popular over here? Again, I think it's just that that initial link from the um, from the, the utilizations of bread flowers, our our uh, natural diet being that little bit more more Western, maybe uh, for want of a better phrase. Um, but um, you know the developments that we've seen in rye, uh, they are probably 10, 15 years behind the Europeans. Uh, Europeans have really harnessed and utilizing uh, grain rye in particular really strongly in the likes of pig feeding rations in particular. Um, so we're just playing a little bit of catch up now in terms of working the benefits uh, that they've seen into uh, systems and, and farms within the UK and, and how that fits, not only from a, from a, like I say, from a feed point of view, but from a rotational point of view as to how this crop benefits, um, you know, arable farmers who are looking to, you know, find out other cereal uh, within rotations. OK, so we, we've got the use here for um, AD. Uh, in the digesters there. We've got the use for uh, human consumption in breads, etc. And you mentioned also the use as an animal feed, particularly uh, for pigs, which I also understand is, is not just significant in Europe, but also in the US as well. What I'm hearing is that there's a real potential for growth here in the use of rye in the UK. There, there really is. There really is. I mean, the, the initial... Um, sort of push that we had uh, actually came from our growers who um, have grown hybrid rye, whether it be for themselves for AD or on contract for a local AD farm, uh, AD business, sorry, um, saying, look, you know, we see all these benefits of rye within the rotation. We just almost wish we could grow a bit more. 
Um, can you, you know, is there any other uses? We were already starting to pick up on the, the popularity of, of grain rye as a concept and, and utilizing in different ways. So this just tied in really well with, you know, inclinations that we had and the conversations and questions that our growers were coming to us with. Um, from a from a from a, a technical point of view, um, as Agri is well known for its R and D work for you know for all arable crops and, and other forage species, rye is also part of those. Um, we have had a, a hybrid rye uh, screening program for probably the last at least fifteen years now. Um, again, predominantly looking at varieties suitable for the UK for AD production because we know um, you know a lot of the early data we were relying on that European data. That doesn't always translate as we as we well know for the uk uh, uh climate and and conditions that we we're looking to grow in um so finding that best method to produce rye uh reliably but then also now that's developed into options for for grain um that could be grain specific varieties it could be multi-use varieties where a grower has the option of do you know what? I'm not going to take this for AD or for, for whole crop. Um, I'm going to actually leave it for, for grain. And, you know, you have got that ability to, to get two out of one if, if a plan changes and have that flexibility. OK, so moving on to the benefits of rye as, as a feed for livestock. Uh, tell me, what was the benefit to the stock that we're feeding? How, how does it differ? Does it differ in its, in its value? It, it, it does. So, th so three years ago, we, we ran a, a pig feeding trial. Uh, it was a replicated trial at Leeds University uh, in conjunction with uh, uh, breeders and, and, um, and feed manufacturers. And the, the differences and the benefits are really quite stark. Um, these are fed to, to pigs from a, a weaning to a finishing stage. Um, the first sort of headline that was brought to us was the fact that these pigs that had rye within the ration were finishing anywhere between four to six days faster than anything else, which, you know, in pig production is a massive saving in terms of time and turnaround. Um, that was because they were, they had uh, higher da daily live weight gains. Um, they were, um, there's other sort of benefits to rye, which are behind the scenes, which is the most prominent one i would say is this this um factor that they would refer to as feeling fuller for longer so rye really slows down the digestion process within uh within um the the gut and it actually means that not only the benefits that rye bring whether that be starch degradability and and, and so forth and energy um but it actually slows the gut down and it also means that the other fractions of that concentrate or, or home mix and mill the grower is actually getting more benefit from those other attributes because in previously without the rye, you only had a limited amount of time to get all the goodies out of that, those um, different feed fractions. But the rye is really slowing that down and bringing all the best characteristics out. Sure, that, that's really, really interesting. And, and at the risk of me sounding or actually not being a nutritional specialist at all, uh, does rye have any applications for ruminants? Um, so in relation to looking at... Uh, feeding uh, trials for ruminants yes i mean it, it does straight away have have benefits again a lot of the data surrounding the application towards ruminants is uh mainly european or american again we're looking to potentially develop a similar sort of feeding trial that we did with the pigs uh for the likes of ruminants to see where that best fits it's not to prove that it it will because we know it will it's just how to best uh, incorporate that within uh, the likes of you know beef or dairy rations in particular um, and, and probably sheep rations as well 
um, you know, not only from an agronomic point of view, which I know we'll come on to shortly, um, but, you know, the, the biggest substitute within rations that we would first focus on would be barley within the rations. That's where we would look to replace uh, or, or introduce the, the grain right. OK, sure. But uh, it certainly sounds to me that for the livestock uh, unit, that there's maybe an opportunity there for home mix and milling as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, if we look at the UK pig market, Tony, 50% are fed with uh, bought in compound feeds and 50% are on home mix and mill rations. You know, it's really quite stark. Um, you know, those growers are, are growing the straights themselves at home, uh, mixing and milling at home to then feed to their own pigs. Um, you know, there, there is big demand in a big market. And, you know, as we go forward, um, that, that supply chain uh, level, looking at carbon footprints, things like that, it's only going to get tighter and tighter. And, and this is where Rye, again, really, really sort of fits the bill for that. Sounds like there's a real benefit for the livestock farmer there in terms of, uh, uh, you know, use there. In terms of growing the crop then, um, we talked before today about some of the agronomic benefits in the rotation. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think that could be really interesting. So if we were to look at where where we would fit rye within the rotation from, from the first step, you know, where, where, would, where do we splice rye, uh, hybrid rye for, for grain into the rotation? Um, first port of call would be second wheat. Um, so rye has a very, very high tolerance to, to take all. Um, so it doesn't take on the, the overall effects that we associate second wheats with. Um, or it would replace uh, the likes of winter barley. Um, winter barley we know has limited options in terms of uh, herbicide control for likes of black grass and things like that, um, whereas rye you have got more options, but of course, and I know we'll, we'll go on to the finer points of rye shortly again, um, but, um, but again those growth attributes that rye has in the capability of controlling black grass um, is, uh, is, is the main part. Yeah, sure. And you also mentioned about its rooting capability as opposed to some of the other cereals. What, what's the difference there? So rye has an extreme, extreme rooting capability, um, you know, whether that be on drier, brashier, lighter ground, it becomes obviously very drought tolerant because of that rooting system on soils that have become, you know, a little bit overworked, just need that little bit extra body. Finding that growers who are, are literally transforming soil types and profiles by having rye now within the rotation, uh, by improving that physical structure of soil, getting that body back in there. And, um, and of course, you know, that rooting ability is, is required for, you know, you're looking at, you know, a significant crop above ground. So it needs to be well anchored and, um, and that rooting system is there to support that uh, through times of stress, which, you know, Mother Nature keeps throwing at us on quite a regular level now, Tony. Uh, it does. And, and yet again, this spring, we've got a dry spring, this spell right now. It's not that warm, isn't it? And we were talking there about growers putting maize in the ground to how the temperatures are still quite cold. And, uh, you know, yet again, Mother Nature, just as you said, throws these little challenges at us. Uh, you talked about um, above the ground. Uh, and of course, there's a real value in the straw here, isn't there? Massively, massively. So, you know, the benefits from, from hybrid rye from a whole crop point of view is, of course, significant levels of, of overall biomass. Taking these crops to, to grain, to final yield, um, that value is still there. Um, when compared to likes of wheat or barley, you're looking on average of around about two, two and a half tonnes per hectare of extra straw. Um, you know, a very, very high quality, valuable straw, um, which, you know, again, is just another added, uh, you know, income stream from this crop um, outside of the savings that it can bring. Um, 
talking of that value, I'm going to put you on the point here because I know it's not an easy area, but how does the value of this crop financially stack up? As we all know, I mean, to try and sit down and do costings at the moment, as we stand today, tomorrow with such volatility within the market is is very hard to, to pin that tail on the donkey. Um, I mean, the first one that we can highlight, though, is is the, the efficiency of rye um, and especially nitrogen efficiency. Um, we've tended to find the sweet spot for, for nitrogen application of around about 100 to 120 kilos of N uh, per hectare, whereas we know the likes of wheat in particular, you know, benchmarks are normally 200 to 220 in, in, in many cases. So straight away, we can see a significant saving in terms of the N required to produce that crop at the other end. And this isn't, you know, like I say, a, a pulling back and having a lighter crop. This is all the crop needs to produce its full capability. Um, from that side of you know point of view, the gross margins again, you know, when we've had a much more stable market, we've we've seen gross margins above wheat, uh, sorry, second wheat or or winter barley, ranging anywhere up to eighty to hundred pounds a hectare. Um, you know, where that is when things are stable. Um, but the the benefits are are, are huge in, in relation to the savings, and again, that nitrogen efficiency will always link back into the like of our Green Horizons work that we do looking at, you know, um, carbon footprint, sustainability, environmental impacts. Um, so it, it is a very, it's a very green crop to grow. <laughs> yeah, and that's very, very important. And, uh, you know, the Green Horizons initiative uh, features very strongly in our podcast and the elements that go with that to really help the farm take that step forward. Um, what sort of yield would you expect rye to yield? So rye yields, we would anticipate or, or benchmark around about eight to ten ton a hectare. Um, but it isn't un, it isn't unusual to to have uh, feedback from growers that they've you know that they've done twelve ton a hectare um, across the across the whole farm um, or the area that they've grown. Um, and of course, you know, take that in into um, equation to extra two ton, maybe three ton of straw per hectare as well. Um, you know, we've got a crop that's 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 really yielding here. Sure. So, Ben, in terms of varieties, what sort of names uh, should growers and farmers be listening out for when they talk to their agronomists? Well, from, again, the trial work that we do, we've uh, identified um, three core varieties, I I would say, without uh, going sort of too far down the rabbit hole. The first one would be SU Bendix. That was actually the the variety which we utilised within our pig feeding trial that I've I've discussed. Um, The second would be Helltop. Uh, from Nordic Seeds. Again, uh, predominantly an AD uh, developed variety, but we do now know that it is capable uh, and regularly used for the likes of uh, grain production. Um, And the third one would be a new variety for us from KWS in KWS Igor, um, performed very, very well within our internal trials uh, and also in the new AHDB data uh, that is being formulated um, over the last few years. Uh, that sounds great. And I understand that AHDB are starting a recommended list and trials. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's currently still in the, as the descriptive list format. Um, but as many farmers benefit from the likes of the um, uh, agri uh, advisory list on, a, on an annual basis, we are also developing an advisory list from agri uh, in conjunction to the likes of the wheat and barley or seed rate um, that growers are used to, you know, using on a on a daily basis. You're, you're talking about this crop with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. Um, so, um, Ben, where in the UK is this crop best suited? I think it would be a bit of a misperception that's uh, attached to rye in many, uh, many instances where we associate the crop with very dry, brashy sort of type ground. Yes, that's where it would excel over other species. 
but that doesn't mean that's only where you should be growing rye. Rye is capable of growing on, on heavier ground, on more body ground. Of course, remember that that winter vigor, that virulence that it has as a species, it's able to, to um, perform on both you know, heavy and dry ground alike. Um, but um, at the end of the day, you know, again, we can only limit the, the amount of curveballs that Mother Nature throws at us, but, um, but rise up there with, with how many it's able to dodge. Right. Sounds really, really good. So, I mean, how does a farmer take those first steps if they haven't grown rye before in terms of getting that information and starting to get that advice so that they can start, you know, really planning whether this crop's going to fit within their system? Well, luckily, as, as I say, Tony, we, you know, we have got years and years worth of, of experience with rye, uh, hybrid rye from, a, like I say, from a, a whole crop or, of course, now a, a grain point of view. Um, we have knowledge, we have sites all around the UK, as you know, um, that, that give that regional information back. Um, we have varieties that, um, that fit different drilling slots as well. So we've, again, tailored, um, you know, the, the, the selection of varieties that we work with um, to, to have that level of flexibility. Um, and also then, of course, that relates to harvest dates as well. Um, so it, it's basically just, just, you know, come and speak to us. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of growers and, and a lot of farmers out there at the moment that have got questions uh, about, you know, cropping, rotations, input costs. And actually, hybrid rye is one of the key solutions to a lot of those questions that we're being asked, um, you know, and, and we do have a market for them. Um, you know, for those that are looking to, to grow uh, the likes of grain rye for a buyback situation, we do have, you know, the options for that as well that have become massively popular over the last two to three years. Um, and as I said to you in the past, you know, I, I do still stand by the comments I first made probably two, three years ago uh, in an article that I did when we, you know, we were launching rye from a grain point of view. That it does it does have the the ability to become the third maybe the second biggest cereal uh within the uk so just to bring all of that together what would be your two top tips that listeners could take away today when it comes to thinking about hybrid rye it's hard to with all the benefits that rye brings it's hard to pin them down to two but i think we'll we'll, we'll give it a go um Obviously, as I say, the likes of input cost, the cost of production uh, are going to be key on, on growers' minds and uh, within conversations and business plans going forward. As we've discussed, the uh, you know, reduced input costs that rye require, um, you know, they are answering those questions. And, and that is something that needs to be you know, really, really uh, thought about in terms of the benefits it could bring to a business. And then the other sides of it are, are, again, these environmental impacts that we have. You know, rye has this ability to shoulder a lot of those impacts. The, again, the feedback that we get from first-time growers um, when we come out of a, a hard winter or a wet winter saying, oh, wheats and barley is looking awful, but, you know, the rye is looking tremendous. It's, it just never stops. It just keeps on going, you know. Um, and, of course, you know, from that point of view, again, weed suppression, you know, when, when you do have the challenges ahead of you in, in relation to whether it be blackgrass or resistant ryegrass, you know, hybrid rye has that ability to, to help you out from its own attributes rather than, you know, input costs. OK, well, thank you, Ben, for your very interesting thoughts on hybrid rye, a crop that perhaps we should have a much closer look at for our farm systems. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.